There is a debate, a well-known debate between Rashi and Ibn Ezra, what the word Nazir means. Rashi says Nazir means to separate. The Nazir separates himself from wine. The Ibn Ezra says, wait a second. He quotes those that say, it says about the Nazir, Nazir Elikov Arosha, he has the crown of God on his head. Nazir means a crown. And in this week's parish, it says the Nazir has some type of crown. Well, if it says about the Nazir, he has a Nazir, then it's, it's almost certainly, it's, it can't be any clearer that, that that's why he's called the Nazir, because he has a crown on his head. Nazir from the word Nazir. Not like Rashi, who says Nazir means to separate yourself from wine. Rather, Nazir means he has a crown, because the word Nazir means crown. And it says in this week's parish about the Nazir that Nazir the Kaval Roshay. He has the crown of Hashem on his head. The Ibn Ezra says, what crown does he have? He has lots of hair. Is lots of hair considered a crown? Perhaps. Is that the crown that Pater is referring to? His long hair? Says the Ibn Ezra, no. He says, many people in the world are slaves to their tithes and their desires. But then occasionally you have someone who rules over himself or herself. That's that and other go to other, to other, to other No, Ibn Ezra is for sure Pshatay. Ibn Ezra is for sure Pshatay. More Pshatay than Rashi. Ibn Ezra is more Pshat than Rashi. Rashi's Pshat, which is close to Medrash. We spoke about this. We had all shit about Ibn Ezra last year. Anyhow. So the Ibn Ezra says that a, a Nazir is somebody who's able to lift themselves above their taivas and they're able to control their hearts. Instead of their hearts controlling them, they control their feelings, they control their desires. They're the true king, the king over themselves. And that's the crown that the Torah refers to. And that's in fact the word Nazir. The word Nazir is from the word Nazir, the crown that the Torah attests that the Nazir has. And the crown is, it's a metaphorical crown. The fact that he's, uh, he rules over his heart. You know, we know there's an idea that libam, a wicked person is uh, almost uh, controlled by their, by their heart. Whereas by a tzaddik, their heart's in their control. Which has many layers of meaning. The Altareb and Tanya, you know, there's a whole deeper meaning. The Chassidah says that uh, <clears throat> you know, a tzaddik only feels what they want to feel, etc. But on the surface, it means uh, a tzaddik dominates their heart. And that's the life of a Nazir. That's the decision that a Nazir makes. And uh, that's why he has a crown. He's a king over himself. Fine. So l'chair, you learn that Ibn Ezra is a beautiful thing to be a Nazir, to be a king over yourself. This is what we all strive to accomplish. Yet, if somebody looks at this week's parasha, which we have twice, and the Mirza Shem... We'll hear it again on Shabbos. There's something very strange about the Nazir, and that is when the Nazir finishes his Nazidus, however long the vow was, he or she must bring certain carbonus. Uh, three animals. One is an oila, which is always a beautiful offering. It's complete on the Mizbeach. It goes all the way up to God, except for the skin. Then they bring a chatos, a sin offering. Very strange. Why would a Nazir bring a sin offering after they finished their Nazirus? And they also bring a Shlomim, a peace offering. 
That's clear in the Chumash. What's also clear in the Chumash is the Torah speaks about a case that while someone's a Nazir, they're not supposed to become Tomei to dead bodies, not supposed to drink wine, not supposed to cut their hair. What if they accidentally became Tomei in the middle of their Naziris? So the Torah gives a whole uh, program that they must undertake to purify themselves from the corpse contamination. And in addition, there's carbonus they have to bring. This is mid-Naziris. During someone's Naziris, if they accidentally become impure to a dead body, they must bring sacrifices and then start the Naziris again. So these sacrifices are not identical to the ones that we just mentioned, which are brought at the end of the Naziris. These ones are different. The ones that are brought mid-Naziris are two birds and one animal. One bird is an oila, one bird is a chatos, a sin offering, and the animal, the lamb, is brought as a osham, a guilt offering. So there's actually different karbonas, there's two sets of karbonas that Torah speaks about. One is if mid-Naziris, does Nazir accidentally becomes tame, brings two birds, one is an oila, one is a chatos, the animal is a osham, a guilt offering. When the Naziris finishes, then you bring three animals, one is an oila, one is a chatos, one is a shlomim. That's what it says in the Holy Bible. Now, in number one, in number one is a pasuk that speaks about which sacrifices? The mid-Naziris ones. The one about the Nazir that accidentally became Tomei. And it says, V'chipper Allah, the coin should it were in number one. Ma'asher chata al hanafesh. Why is there a bird as a chatos? What did the guy do wrong? Because the Nazir chata al hanafesh, he sinned on a soul. He sinned on a soul. Those are actually doubles, two of the same. I don't know, I made 15 of each, so I'm not sure how that happened. It probably means somebody else has two of the others. Oh, there you go, there you go, right over there. Right, that's it, that's it, we found it. Okay, he, he owned up. Okay, so what does it mean, the Pasuk says that the Nazir sinned on a soul. <clears throat> so right away we go to number two is Rashi, number two on the left. Ma'asher chota ala nefesh. Because this Nazir sinned on a soul, says Rashi, we're talking about the mid-Naziris sacrifices. We're talking about the Nazir that wasn't careful and accidentally, you know, was uh, um, in contact with a dead body. That's the sin. Says Rashi, Rabbi Lazar HaKaparimer, Rabbi Lazar HaKapar was a Tana, and this is quoted many times in Shas. You know what the sin of the Nazir is? Shetzir atzmoi min hayayin. He pained or she pained himself from wine. The Eibishta made a beautiful world and he wants us to enjoy it. And when someone takes a vow to abstain unnecessarily, it's a sin. It's unnecessary um, infliction on the soul. That's what Rabbi Lazar HaKapar says. The two, <coughs> the two opinions that Rashi quotes. One? His exactly, yes. Yeah. The difference is, according to the first chapter, it means he sinned on the soul of the deceased, that he wasn't careful. He came too close. The second shot, he sinned on his own soul. Now, there's a problem with each shot. According to the first shot, why is this Nazir bringing a bird, a sin offering? Because he sinned in the fact he became Tomei to a dead body. So the question then is, why when every Nazir finishes their Nazirist, do they bring a Khatas? Why do they do that? And according to Rabbi Lazar HaKapar, according to Rabbi Lazar HaKapar, I get why every Nazir is a sinner, 
But then why does the Torah say this has nothing to do particularly with the Nazar that accidentally became Tomei? Right. He brings the Chattas, but every Nazar brings the Chattas at the end. Why was this idea that he sinned on his, cell, <laughs> or sinned on his soul only mentioned by this story over here? So we go, so this is the beginning of our discussion. So we go to number three. Number three is a famous comment of the Ramban. Uh, a short, sweet, powerful comment of the Ramban in this week's parasha. The Ramban deals with our first Shiloh. That the simple pshat of why the Nazir, who became Tomei Midnaziris, brings the Chatos at that time is the first shot of Rashi because they weren't careful with the dead body. But then the question is, so why does every Nazir bring a chatos when they finish? So the Ramban says, in number three, the reason for the regular chatos, the Nazir brings, when he finishes, it's not clear in the Chumash. It doesn't say. The Chumash only speaks about the chatos mid-Naziris. It doesn't speak about the regular chatos brought at the end. So says Ramban, he says, Says Ramban, imagine, you have a guy, a regular Naziris is 30 days, unless you give a time. For 30 days you live as a tzaddik. 30 days you're a righteous man. No, no tumor, or you know, no, no corpse tumor. You know, you're not looking after your hair and your good looks. You're not drinking wine. And then what happens after 30 days? You do the ritual then, you bring your kabonis, you go back home, and that's it. And you're back down enjoying this world again. What was the point of the hachlata? You know why you bring a chatas? Because you stop being a nazir. A regular nazir, when he finishes, he brings a chatas. Not to... Uh, not to atone on the fact that he was a Nazar until that point, to atone on the fact that he's no longer going to be a Nazar. That he or she is ready to go back home and say, I've been waiting to drink this for a month. Boy, am I happy to be back. So what was the whole accomplishment of the 30 days of holiness? And we'll read it inside. You know what the simple meaning is? This person, he sins his soul when Aziris is finished. He recedes retreats from his holiness. Now he's had enough, you know. <laughs> what was the whole point of the month of holiness if afterwards you've been, you've been eyeing that bottle of wine for the last month and now you can finally enjoy it? Back with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. After 30 days or so of holiness, you should have remained holy. You should have, always, you should have remained. Like it says, Apostle in Amos, Hashem says, I raise from your children as prophets and from your Bachurechem Lenazirim. You see what that means? A Nazir is like a prophet. Hishva Lenavi, the Torah compares the Nazir to a prophet. Ukadachsiv, and it says in this week's parasha, call you may Nizir all the days of his Naziris, he's holy to God. And if he needs atonement, because now he's ready to get back and get his hands dirty in the pleasures of Elam Haza. Fascinating Ramban. So that's the pshat, the, the, when the, the Ramban is going with the first pshat of Rashi. When the Torah says the Nazir sinned on a soul, it's talking about the guy, the Nazir that became Tomei Mid-Naziris. He brings the chattas because he wasn't careful about you know, uh, his distance from the corpse. Why does every Nazir bring a chattas at the end? That's a chassidah says Ramban. You have to understand that after, you know, after the days of holiness, he's just ready to get back, get his hands dirty in pleasures of Elam Hazer. 
that's what he needs atonement for. So according to the Ramban, being a Nazir is a beautiful thing. Fakert, Hashem is a tiny when you stop being a Nazir. According to the Ramban, a regular Nazir that didn't become Tommy in middle is completely great, holy, perfect. God is a tiny when it ends. Well, now it's ending? That was, that was, that. <clears throat> Let's go now to the Alshech. Four and five on yeah, each side. Precedent where you have to bring a carbon before the person even sins? Nazir didn't do anything yet. He's just ending it. He brings the other carbonus to oil and the shlomim, right? The fact that he's, you know, he's doing the ritual to go back home. Look, listen, you're right. Okay, look at the Alshich, the Alshich, Reb Moshe Alshich, from the 1500s, the great Mefairish on Chumash. He used to give drushes every Shabbos in his shul in Sfas. And even the Arizal would occasionally come and sit down and listen to his droshes. And he once gave a drosha on Parshas Vayetze. He spoke about Lovon. The Arizal walked in, he sat down, and he listened. And when he finished, the Arizal told him the drosha was so accurate, even Lovon came. Lovon was here sitting too, listening to your drosha. Anyhow, actually the Alshich had, uh, the Alshich was a student of Rabbi Yosef Ka'ara, Ka'ara showing already while they were in Turkey. And uh, when Rabbi Yosef Kader moved to Tzvas because he wanted to go back to Yeshiva, because the great Rabbi Yankov Beirav had Yeshiva in Tzvas, uh, the Alshich went with him. And uh, Rabbi Yosef Kader gave his famous, the famous smicha was reinstituted in those times. Rabbi Yosef Kader received it from Rabbi Yankov Beirav. Rabbi Yosef Kader gave the, the, the real, authentic smicha to the Alshich. And the Alshech gave it to his student, Reb Chaim Vital. Reb Chaim Vital learned Nigla under the Alshech. Now, Reb Chaim Vital, while he was living in Tzfas, he was a busy man. During the day, he was learning Nigla with the Alshech. At night, he was learning Kabbalah with the Arizal. And he was also did some, he did, made a Parnassah during the day to pay the bills. So he was a busy man. Now, the Alshech knows that his, pride, his prime student every night is learning Kabbalah with the Arizal. So the Alshech thinks, why should I lose out? He asked the Arizal, can we learn Kabbalah? Arizal said, it's not for you. Give me a shot, give me a shot. It's like a bocher begging the mashpia to teach chassidus. And, you know, what, what often happened back in the day, chassidim would come to the rabbeim and often beg for a mimer, and the Rebbe would say no, they would beg and beg. A group of chassidim once came to the Alter Rebbe, and they came begging for a mimer. Alter Rebbe said, no, I'm not... Uh, Al-Tzebbe stayed in his room. So the group of Chassidim sat down outside and they started singing. And the Reb Shloi the great Chassid, had a violin, I believe, and they started playing a nigan and they sang and it was a very emotional time. And all of a sudden, Al-Tzebbe's door opened, he came out and he quoted a pasuk from Sefer Malachim. V'hoya kenagin hamenagin it says about Elisha, Elisha wanted to have prophecy, he couldn't get it. But when there was music, the, the Abishta rested upon him. So Al-Trebbe quoted that pasuk as if to say, now that you're saying this nigan, I can say chsidus. And then he said, chsidus for all the chsidim that came there. Anyhow, so the Al-Sheikh begs the, the Arizal, they start learning. Whenever they would learn, the Al-Sheikh would fall asleep. So the Arizal said, your nesham is shaykh for drush, for the drush element of Torah. Not so much the soid, the Kabbalistic element. But either way, this is from the Alshech in this week's parasha, two paragraphs. Um, 
two beautiful, mamish, beautiful ideas that he says. Number four and number five. Look at number four. On the right hand side, Kikavonosa Yisbaruch, God wants to tell us. Every Jew has the ability to choose to be like a Kayan Gadol. A Nazar can't become Tomei even to his or her dead relatives, mother, father, sister. A regular Kayan can, not a Kayan Gadol. A Nazar shares this law of the Kayan Gadol. Strange, says the Alshich, the Abishta wants to tell each person if you want, you could be just as great as a Kayan Gadol. You can surpass the Kayan. You can become a Kayan Gadol. Are you allowed to refer to Muslims? What? Are you allowed for... Yeah, yeah, Shtumas Mesa, yeah, Kayan Gadol. I know, I know you meant Mesa Mesa, yeah, yeah. There's a major debate, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua. What if there's a Kayan Gadol or a regular Kayan versus a Nazir? And only one of them is needed to be become Tomei to the dead body. Who should do it? I think we spoke about it. It's a big chapter in the book. The debate of Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua. But let's leave that for now. Says the Alshich, Baal Yermish, nobody should ever say that... You know, a woman might say <laughs> that uh, to be holy, you have to be a man. And not every man, men of wisdom, those that, you know, Shevet Levi, that were the bearers of the Torah, they learned day and night, they never rest. But not for the rest of people. Therefore, Hashem says, it's not the case. Isha, man or woman, from, you know, whatever background is able to, but as long as you're a Jew. If you're a Jew, you could become a Kohen Gadol. Man or woman. Right? The Pasuk says, Ish oi. You know the well-known story? About 50, 60 years ago, 50 years ago, a few fellows came to 770, non-Labavitches, and they wanted to speak to the Reb in learning. They wanted to really chepper with him. Rabbi Shmuel Levitin was there. He saw what's going on. He spoke to them. And these guys were big scholars and everything. You know, they wanted to come just to, you know, see if they could catch the Rebbe out. So he told them, you guys look like big scholars. Maybe you could answer my question. Can a woman be a Nazir? Oh, they start quoting. They start arguing with each other. Svaris this way, Svaris that way. Gemaris, Lomdus. When they finished, he's, when they finished he says... It's a pasuk in Chumash. It says clearly Isha Isha. Yeah. He says, "Now you can go ask the Rebbe." They were so embarrassed they didn't go in. Anyhow, so it's incredible. That's what the Al Sheikh says. Every single Jew could become a Kohen Gadol. But look at number five on the left-hand side. The Gam Derech Yeremes Yimers is a hint here. Bal Yomer Ish. Maybe once a person's a Noz and they go back to their regular life, you know what they're going to think about themselves? Like the Ramban. Uh, what? The whole thing accomplished nothing. Now I'm back to where I was before. Says the Al Shechno. A person, what's it going to gain? What will I gain from being a Nazar? Haloi, isn't it? We're in, number, we're in number five on the left in the second line. Kahatem Nizrus, when my Nazirus finishes, Yavaitar, the, the razor will come and cut my hair. That refers to the Yetzirah. Vigalech. What does it mean? The Yetzirah will cut my hair. He's going to cut off. It's called Kishroni. All my accomplishments. Because say says like this. Not At least call you At least while you were Nazir, Tar the shaver, which is the Yetzirah, won't go on your head, because until the days are finished, you're holy. 
First of all, so at least one month you'll be holy. At least 30 days you'll be holy. But then he throws in the clincher. After a month of being holy, you don't go back to being the same person you were. You don't revert to where you were before. You changed forever. Your time is not true. If you control the Eitzahara, even just a couple of days, Yishor Kovosh will remain in your control even afterwards. And he has a beautiful diuk in the Pasuk. Like it says, it says in this week's parasha, after the Nazar goes through his uh, procedure to become to finish his uh, afterwards the Nazar can drink wine. We're calling him a Nazar. We should say afterwards the man can go drink wine. He says, no, you see from here, once a Nazar, even after he goes back to drink wine, he's still called a Nazar. He's still separated he still has the title of someone who's a little bit higher. So it's a beautiful Alshik, different than the Ramban. The Alshik says, no. What, even when your Naziris ends and you go back to regular life, you're not on the same plateau you were before. You're still called the Nazir. Then you have the Ramah. The Ramah is not in the paper. The Ramah wrote a Sefer, Toiras Ha'ila. And in his Sefer, Toiras Ha'ila, he says the following. He says, the Pasuk says about the Nazir, while he's a Nazir, he shouldn't cut his hair, etc. Kadosh Yiyeh, he will be holy, he will be holy. Says that Ahmad, you know what that means? While he's a Nazir, he's not really holy. Later he's going to be holy. What does that mean? Ramad says, while you're a Nazir, you're an extremist. You're an extremist. We just saw Rashi number two, the second opinion. What, the Abisha gave you wine. Why are you preventing yourself? Why are you making vows? That's the life of an extremist. That's not holy. Holiness is the golden path that the Rambam speaks about. The perfect middle path. Not, to, not veering in any extreme. So says the Rambam like this. We're talking about a guy that feels like he needs to become a Nazar. Like we're going to see soon, whoever sees the Saita should become a Nazar. But while there's a Nazir, it's extreme behavior. But it's necessary that when the Naziris ends, he can go back to the perfect path. In other words, we're talking about someone who knows that they might stumble in Averis. They're on one extreme. So they need to live the life of a Nazir for a bit of time in order that they can um, uh, balance it out. And then afterwards, says that Amor, the whole Naziris is a preparation that afterwards he will be holy. So that Amos is fakir, the true holiness is after the Naziris ends. When you go back to a regular life, but now your head is screwed on properly, you won't make, you won't make mistakes, you'll have good judgment. So it's like three levels of it. The Ramban says, while you're a Nazir, it's the ultimate. When it's finished, it's all over, you're a sinner. The al says, no. Once you're a Nazir, you're always a Nazir. <clears throat> In other words, even when you go back to regular life, you're holy because there's going to be an imprint there's a remnant of that Naziris which will remain with you forever. And that Amos says even further, Fakir, the true holiness is only post, is only after. It's only after. While you're a Nazir, you're an extremist. Afterwards, when you're able, the Naziris will help you that when you come back and you put your feet on the ground, you can have a proper outlook, you know, of how to drink wine, etc., etc. And then you'll erst be holy. Okay. Like the Rambam. You need to bend all the way this exactly. way. Exactly. Just like the Rambam says, okay. Now, here's the thing. This leads us to 
there's a big um, a big kasha. We don't know why they all say if they bring carbonos. Right? Hold, hold on. We're going to see a big kasha with a big answer, and this is going to open up to us a bit of a philosophical discussion. And by then it's going to be very late, and slowly, slowly you'll all leave. Uh, and uh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, let's go, let's go. But this was just a bit of a hakdama, but you'll see how it's all related. <coughs> but off the bat, you see that Amban says be a nazir. That Amos says nazir is really just a means to an end. It's really not where you want to be, right? That, 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 that we've seen so far. Okay. <laughs> so we come to number six. Number six is a Gemara in the Dorim Dafyud, a well-known Gemara. <clears throat> the two paragraphs are one after the other. Actually, the one on the left, which is in the middle of the page, comes first. And we're going to read it. So we're number six, middle of the page of Tanya. This, these couple lines are a very well-known piece of Gemara. Amr Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik, in the beginning of the second base, the Mitzvah said, my, my whole life, Loya Chalti, he was a Kayan, he was a Kayan Gadol. I never ate Asham Nazir Tomei. I never ate the Asham, the guilt offering of a Nazir who became Tomei mid Naziris. He brings two birds, a Chatos Oila, plus a lamb as an Asham. Says Shemr Sadik, I'm a Koyan, a Koyan Gadol. I never partook, the Koyan eats part of the meat. I never ate the meat from that. Ella Echod, only one time. We'll see why. But what was the one time? A famous story, Pam Achas, one time. There was a Nazar came from the south. I saw the guy. Beautiful eyes. So handsome. It means his hair was beautifully uh, combed. I said, My child. Why'd you become a Nazar? Now that your Nazarus is finished, you have to cut off your hair. I'd rather you kept your hair. <laughs> he said, such beautiful hair. Such beautiful hair, you should have kept it, right? Usually the Anhol is telling the Bachrim to shave the hairs and everything. Here you see Fakert. Why, yeah? Why did you become a Nazir and now you have to cut it? Right. So, um, so Omar Lee, he told me like this. I was a shepherd for my father, Be'iri, in my city. I went to fill water from the spring. I looked at my um, reflection in the water. And I saw that I'm a handsome fellow. My Yitzhara started churning within me. He wanted me to succumb to sin. I said, Russia! What are you hoarding in a world that doesn't belong to you? You're trying to overcome me? Who am I? My body's just going to one day turn into worms and, you know. I swear by the Beis I will cut my hair off to heaven. What? He made himself No, he became a Nazir in order that when he finished, he would cut off his hair. What? That's the nice of that in the middle he became. We're in the middle of this way, but hold on. Miyad right away says Shimonat Sadik. Venoshakti Valroishoi. Yeah, this guy Taka became Tome Mid Naziris. Yeah, but nothing to do but with that. But that might have been so. an accidental. Right away I got I kissed him. 
This is how a Nazar should be. It's about you, the Torah says, in this week's parasha, If a person makes a neder to be a Nazar for the Ebeshter, you did it only for God, no other reason. So Shimon Atzadik says, any Nazar that became Tommy in middle, I would not partake of his or hers carbon asham. And this was the only time, this guy. But it sounds from Shimon Atzadik that a regular Nazir, he would eat from the Karbonus. It was only, he says clearly, only from the Nazir Tameh. So he's differentiating between a Nazir that become Tameh versus a regular Nazir. Why would that be? L'chayra, going back to number two in Rashi, the first opinion of Rashi. Which Nazir is a sinner? Only the one that became Tameh mid Naziris. But Stam? Now look at number six on the right side of the page. The Gemara then continues and brings a Braisa. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Chasidim Harishonim, the early pious people. The Chasidim, they wanted to bring a, a sin offering. The problem is they never sinned. Hashem wouldn't let them sin. So they were deprived of this opportunity. What did they do? So they would become Nazirim, because every Nazir, when he finishes, brings a Chattas, in order to become Chayvim. That's what Rabbi Huda says. Rabbi Shimon Oimer never happened. They never made a Neder to be a Nazir. Ella, rather, if, if someone wanted to bring an Oila, they made a gift. Toida and the four types of breads they would bring as a gift. They never became a Nazir. Why? They shouldn't be considered sinners. According to Reb Shimon, every Nazir is a sinner. Shinem, as it says, the Apostle we saw in number one, it says about the Nazir that he sinned on his soul. Now, we, we started off that Rashi brings two opinions. Does that mean specifically the Nazir that became Tameh or every Nazir? Well, that's the debate here of Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says clearly every Nazir is a sinner. So the <coughs> early pious people, they wouldn't become a Nazir to have the chance to bring a Chatos because a Nazir is a sinner. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, what sinner? Ah, the guy that becomes Tameh in middle, he's the sinner. But regularly? Continues the Gemara, Amr Abaya, Shimon Hatzatik, V'Rabbi Shimon, V'Ra'alozra Kapper, the three of them, Kulon, Shita, Achas, and they all have the same opinion, that Nazir is a sinner. Now the truth is not exactly the same. I pointed out Shimon HaTzadik only had a problem with who? A Nazir that became Tomei. Rabbi Shimon says any Nazir. But Abai is just grouping them together. In general, you see that they pointed out there's an issue. And he continues. Um... Shimon HaTzadik with Rabbi Shimon Hada Arman. Shimon HaTzadik we saw, and Rabbi Shimon we just saw now. What about Rabbi Lazar HaKapper? Where does he say his opinion? Titania, it's an abraiser. Rabbi Lazar HaKapper, Beribi is just a title that big people had. This is what Rashi quotes in number two. Oim Rabbi Lazar HaKapper would say, V'chipper alav ma'asher chota ala nefesh. That the be'ez and nefesh chotas there. What did the nazir do? Who did the nazir sin against? Elatzir atzma minayayin. He abstained from wine, like Rashi quoted. And Rabbi Lazar Kapper continues. Valoid with a kavachaymer. Madach, this guy that only stopped drinking wine. God calls him a sinner. Imagine someone who fasts. Imagine someone who's mitzayer himself from everything. 
Mikan, from here you see, Kol HaYoshev Betainus Nikrachaita. Anyone that sits in a fast is a sinner, according to Belozer HaKapar. So this is where, this is the Gemara, Rashi Grada quotes it from Tainus, it's from a few places in Shas. But Belozer HaKapar is the one who says, every Nazir is a sinner because he abstained from wine. Rabbi Shimon agrees with him. Shimon HaTzadik holds only a Nazir that accidentally became Tomei. Continues the Gemara, one more line. Frek the Gemara, what's the Belazar Kapper talking about? Our Kasha we asked in the beginning. Where in the Bible does it say the Nazir was a sinner? The Pasuk number one. It's talking about the Nazir that became Tomei mid Naziris. What's the Belazar Kapper talking about? Says the Gemara, Mishum Dushana Because that guy doubled the sin. The guy that, the guy that became Tomei during the Naziris has a few <coughs> strikes against him. A, he became a Nazir. B, wasn't careful about coming Tomei. That's how Rashi learns throughout Shas. The double chet is A, is a Nazir Bechlau. B, wasn't careful about coming Tomei. Toysus adds another thing. He was only ready to become Nazir for 30 days, right? Let's say, let's say. 25 days in, it comes Tomei. It starts again. Starts again. This who said this guy can hack fifty-five days? Can't handle it. He can't handle it. It's too much. That's why he's a. That's what Tosfos adds. In fact, the Gemara in the Dorm there says there's another issue. In sh- another issue is that if somebody does become Tommy in middle, and then it all starts again, and they can't handle, let's say the case we said of fifty-five days. It was meant to be thirty. Came Tommy after twenty-five. You got to start again. If it ends up being too much, and they never had this in mind, it could be the whole Naziris was a mistake, and then the Karbonus they're going to bring at the end are not obligation, ob- obligatory Karbonus, and is biblically prohibited to bring non-obligatory Karbonus to the Beis HaMikdash. So there's, quite, there's, there's really a, a few issues... <clears throat> the 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 Kleyoker says and the Kleyoker also adds another knetch. The Kleyoker in this week's parasha says, if the guy became Tommy Miller starts again, so the first twenty five days was for nothing. He was stammered sire himself from wine. He didn't get anything from it. So that's the pshat. In other words, like this: according to Rabbi Kapper and Rabbi Shimon, every Nazar is a chayta. But the guy that became Tommy in middle has many more strikes against him. A, the fact he became Tomei, you know, why didn't he realize there's a dead body nearby, like Rashi says. Now that it starts again, he may not be able to hack all, all the, the, the lengthy time. Thirdly, the whole Naziris may be a mistake, and then the Kabbalists he brings at the end are not warranted. And the Kleyoker adds, fourthly, the days that were knocked off were Stam, he was um, inflicting pain upon himself. Fine, that's, that's that. That seems to be very fine. But then we come to number eight. Number eight is, an, is a Gemara in the beginning of Nazar, which is an absolute direct contradiction to what we saw in number six. And we see number eight. The beginning of Masech the Nazar says, somebody gets up and says, Ahey, ehey no, I will be nice. That is tantamount to accepting upon yourself to be a Nazar. Forek the Gemara, what? Nice. Yeah, I will be, uh, yeah. Forek the Gemara, Vidilma no the fun of Maybe it means I will be <coughs> nice before God in mitzvahs. Kedatanya, zekeli van veyu, one should uh, um, adorn God, a noel of fun of to 
be um, nice, what's a better word? Um, beautiful. Yeah, to be beautiful in front of God in mitzvahs. To make a sukkah no, a nice sukkah, a nice lulav, nice tzitzis, sefer Torah no, you know, put a nice mantle around the sefer Torah. So if someone says I'm going to be, you know, nice to the Ebishter, how in the world does that mean he'll be a nazir? Oh, Omar Shmuel, Shetofus Besaroi. The guy's holding his hair and saying, you know, I will be not in front of God. The Omar and not I will be, I will be a... Um, desirable in front of God. So Frechma, wait a second, wait a second. How could nice mean Naziris? I thought Naziris is a bad thing. Nazira milsa davera? Nazira is an avera, the Gemara says. Varminu no, and you said you're calling this to be nice? Says the Gemara, in, yeah. Naziris is not an avera. Even Rabbi Lazar Akapa who says, Nazar is a sinner. Heni mili, when is that? Gabe Nazar Tome, only if the Nazar became Tome in middle. Da iri de boy, mister, since he has to knock off the days he counted until then, because it says, the Hashem says, Hayyavim Hadishim, the first days Yiplu, Tome in Israel. So, so, awesome, there's a problem. Dilma Asi Lemevra on the Zeruse. Who said he can hack the whole 55 days? Since he has to restart, he may not be able to hack it. Avon Nazar Torah, but a pure Nazar is not a sinner? The Gemari here says clearly in number eight, Rabbi Lazar Akapur holds, which Nazar is a sinner? The Nazar that became Tomei. A Nazar that didn't is not a sinner. We saw in number six, that the number six in the end said black and white, literally black on white said Fakert. That every Nazar is a sinner, just a guy that became Tomei is a double sinner. This goes against what Abayah was saying. It goes against everything. No, that you could read that it would only be talking about Shimon Atzadik Taka holds that only the guy that became Tommy in middle. But in the in number six, look at number six on the right hand side, the last two lines. The Gemara said clearly. The Gemara said, according to Blazar Kapper, every Nazir is a sinner. Why does the Torah say it by the guy that became Tommy? Because he sinned doubly. But every Nazir sins. And this is a, a huge contradiction. So join me on the next page. Toysus deals with this. In many places in Shas, number seven is a Tosus in Bobakama, Tzadik Aleph. Tosus asked Akasha and listen to what he says. The Gemara there quotes Rabbi Lo- The Gemara there is actually discussing who said it's usher to hurt yourself. Is a person allowed to harm themselves? And the Gemara quotes Rabbi Lozar Akapar. If you can't even abstain from wine because you're inflicting pain upon yourself, how much more so you cannot cut yourself, God forbid. Says Tesis, number seven. According to Belazar Akapar, that Benazir Torinami, even a pure Nazir, every Nazir, we say is a sinner. And then Tesis quotes a, a, two Gemaras, we, that Kasavar Belazar Akapar, Nazir Torinami, even the pure Nazir is a sinner. Vahainu Taimad, where in number seven, the face, the fifth line. If every Nazir is a sinner, so why did the Chumash write by the Nazir Tome? Because he's Mipnei because he doubled the sin. Like we saw in number... And then he quotes, Beper Kamen which is our quote on number six. And then he's Tezah Vitema, what we saw in number eight. Per Kamen de Nazir, Dav Gimel in Nazir, Parach, the Gemara says, Naziris is a Milsev and Avera. Vamrinu Leinor, could it 
And yet you're saying when the guy says, I'll be nice, he means a nozer. Well, Mashani, the Gemara says, even according to Belezer Akapu, who says nozer is a sinner, only if he becomes Tomei, because he has to get rid of the first days and maybe can hack the extra days. But a, a regular nozer is not a sinner. Major contradiction. He asks the contradiction. Again, the contradiction is, one Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar Kapper holds only the Nazar that became Tomei is a sinner because he loses his first days. And now he has to start again. Who said he can hack it? He may not be able to hack it and who knows what's going to happen. But uh, with another Gemara, number six in the Durham says, clearly, Rabbi Lazar Kapper holds every Nazar is a sinner because he's abstaining from wine. The guy that became Tomei is just a double sinner. So comes Rabbi Natham and says the Whopper. Dahad, Rabbeinu Tam says like this. Sometimes in life, the Abishta's will is not black and white. It's gray. Sometimes there's an act you have to do, but you'll get punished for it. But you have to do it anyways. Because the pros outweigh the cons. And this is what we're going to discuss. Says Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbi Lazar Kapper holds every Nazar is a sinner. Because why are you abstaining from what the Ebishta allowed? Every Nazar is a sinner. But the regular Nazar, the amount that, that, you know, that stays pure and sticks to the rules, the amount that he gains from being a Nazar outweighs, it justifies the fact that he abstained from wine. The guy that became Tomei is considered the real sinner you know, for all the reasons we mentioned before. Um, the reasons we said was, A, the fact he wasn't careful from the dead body. B, all the days that were lost, he stopped abstained. You know, he doesn't get anything for it. Bonus. And then all the carbonus might be a suffix and etc., etc. And Rabbeinu Tam says like this. When we say that he's not a sinner, Hainu, mitzvah g'doylem in havera. The mitzvah outweighs the sin. It's a mitzvah to become a nazar. As everyone knows... Why is Saita mentioned next to Nazar? Whoever sees a Saita in her kilkul should become a Nazar. You should become a Nazar. If you see a Saita bekilkula, you know, you see the woman and they're taking her hair apart and everything, and, and you say, how did this happen? The, the frivolous behavior is a result of partying and wine. You know, if you saw that, it's like the Balshemta's word, by the way, of, if you saw it, it means something to you. Why did the Abishta let you see the Saita bekilkula? You know why the Baal Shem Tov has a famous thing? Baal Shem Tov said every Jew is a mirror. If you see a floor in someone, it's your own floor. So the Rebbe asks, what does that mean? Maybe the Abishta wants you to see the floor in someone to help them. So the Rebbe said, it, it depends on how you see the floor in that person. If you see the floor in the other person just as an opportunity to help, take Maybe it's just to help them. But if you but see it and you start judging them, then the only reason God let you do that is to teach you that you have the floor yourself. And that's the idea. If you see the Saita Bikilkula, you see the Saita, but not in a way you can help her. You just see the issue for what it is. You see her, her, her misery and her kilkul. And there's nothing you could do to help her. Why did God show it to you? There's a hira. You have to become a Nazar. It just fits perfect with the words of the Maimur Chazal. So it says, Rabbeinu Tam, you should become a Nazar. nonetheless, Ktsas yeshchet. You'll get punished. Become the Nazir. But you're going to get punished too. Words Kavaldic. Isn't this whole thing of, because <clears throat> the mitzvah is greater than the Vedas, like a, a bit of a slippery slope? We're going to see soon how slippery it gets. You 
If someone has a bad dream Friday night, a horrible dream, you have the right to fast Shabbos by day. To clean up, uh, you know, it's a form of tshuva, you know, that in case, God forbid, any punishment against you in heaven, you can uh, annul that. That fast, whenever you fast after a bad dream, it can tear up any decree they have in heaven against you. And you do it on Shabbos too if you had a bad dream Friday night. But then in heaven they ask you, you fasted on Shabbos? How do you fast on Shabbos? And Maita Khan, this is a Gemara in Brochus, by the way, what are you supposed to do? Lace of Tainus Latanis, you got to fast during the week to make up for the fact you fasted on Shabbos. But I thought you're supposed to fast on Shabbos. Yeah, you are. But you still got to gotta rectify. The mitzvah is G'daylim in Haver. And therefore, V'hochi Komar Benazir. Sedra Ben Otam, the definitive pshat in Rabbi Lazar is the following. Rabbi Lazar, I feel the Rabbi Lazar who holds that a noz, every Nazar is a sinner. Hani Mili, if the Nazar became Tomei, he's the real sinner. Because there's so many strikes against him. Why wasn't he careful about the dead body? The first days disappear. He's time abstained from wine. Who said he'll be able to hack now that there's a whole new set of days? Who still be able to hack it? And maybe he regrets the whole Naziris to the Carbonus at the end, are a question. Avonazir Torah, but if he remained pure, he's not such a sinner. He's a sinner. But the sin is justified because of the gain that he receives. So going back to number six and number eight, they're both true. In number eight, the Gemara Nazir Daf Gimel said that uh, a regular Nazir is a great guy. He'll get punished. He's a shtickle sinner. But what he did was right. And therefore, when you say, I will be nice, that can include being a Nazir. On the other hand, Rabbi Lazar Kapper says, you're still a chayta. So this is a fascinating idea of Rabbi Tam, that sometimes you've got to do something, but uh, you'll still get punished. Should you do it or should you not do it? Is it right? Not completely. So this, is, this opens up a major can of worms. So let's just see a little bit where this takes us. A fascinating debate, eight and nine, between the Sefer HaChinuch and the Ran. They're discussing the following idea, a very um, important idea, which is the Torah says you always follow the majority. But what if the minority are actually right? A Bezdin has a machlekes. The Sanhedrin are discussing a halacha. You know, many of them say A, most of them say B. You're always going to follow the Torah says in Parshat Mishpatim, you follow the, the rabbi. But you're sure? Okay, that's 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 a bit, but when Bezdin says something, that's not, it's not so partial. There's a big, lots of shyness about that. If you know Bezdin's, Rashi quotes from the Sifri, even if they tell you what's right is left and left is right. Yet, if Bezdin says that something, you know, is okay to do, and you know it's not okay to do it, no, very often you you, you know you know better, and you don't have the right just to say, well, Bezdin. But let's leave that for another year. Here we're talking about when you have the majority against the minority. And they're both actually the Sefer HaChinuch and the Ran. They both uh, lived a while back. The Sefer HaChinuch, we believe, was written by the Ba'ar and Halevi 
of Barcelona, the friend of the Rashba, so you're talking about the 1200s in Spain, mm-hmm. and the Ran, the Dro- this is from the Sefer Drosha's Haran. For many years, there's been a back and forth. The Dro- who wrote the Drosha's Haran? Is it the famous Rabbeinu Nisim who passes away in the end of the 1300s? in Spain, or is it an earlier Rabbeinu Nisim? It's been a, it's, you know, it keeps on going back and forth, even as of a couple of years ago, Yefruma scholars were being raised this way, that way. It's difference in years. It could be the Ran who was a student, uh, two generations. It's a debate of, you know, the hundred years. Anyhow, says the Sefer Achinuch in number eight, the story in Bob Metziah, Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkinus versus the other Tanoim, arguing about a certain oven, if it's pure or impure, Rabbi Lezer was alone on one side, the other Chachobim against him. Rabbi Lezer did not back down. And he proved, he said, if I'm right, you know, let the, uh, he even said, a basko will come down from heaven. And a voice came down from heaven and said he's right. And nonetheless, Rabbi Yeshua and the other Chachobim, they said, no, Torah is not in heaven. Torah was given to us. We don't have to listen to bas curls, to voices from heaven. God said in Pashas Mishpatim, you follow the, the majority, and that's it. So says the Sefer Achinuch, the other rabbis, this is the Sefer Achinuch in Pashas Shaftim. They brought a proof from a din, that Hashem said to follow the, public, to follow the, the majority. Whether they say the truth or whether they're toyim, they're mistaken. When Rabbi Yeshua said that, that we don't have to listen to God over here, because God gave the Torah to us, those are the rules that he made. Hashem said, you're right. The other rabbis were off the mark. Rabbi Lezer got it right, not them. But what was their excuse? God said in Torah, you follow the majority. So in Cain, Hashem said like this. In this case, Tak, the majority are wrong. It's worth it to go after the majority when they're wrong, even though even though truth will be thrown out the window because of the overall good of following the majority. If you wouldn't follow the majority, imagine every person would do what they want. Because of the overall benefit of following the majority, there are some times where you're going to do what's wrong. And he says, the MS will be removed. And he said, it's as if Bala MS not such, it's as if God was beaten in his own game. That's why God said to Rabbi Yeshua, my child has uh, uh, been victorious over me. Hold on, this is what the Sefer Achinuch says. Do we know what they were arguing about? Yeah, yeah, about a whole oven over there. You can check it out. Bob Messiah Daphnun now, you could if, check it if up. some random guy knows that, that, the, that they were wrong, or I'm saying it's this case of Rabbi Lezer, but in some cases, some random guy, how did these come not see that they were wrong? Or, or like, why they did were, they stay so strongly? No, they, strongly? Were, con- they were convinced in, in the way they understood, and you have to pass in the way you understand. Comes the Ran, this is in his Droshas, Droshas Zion, a long Drosha. And he discusses the same thing, but he says a little bit different. He's, he quote number nine, Loi Bashamayim. Rabbi Yeshua got up on his feet and he said, Tur is not in heaven. I don't care that a voice came down from Shemaim and said, the law follows Rabbi Lezer. 
Zeu inin Rabelezer Hagodol and the Machlekes, like we say in Bab Metzia. Hineiro Kulam, they all saw Rabelezer Maskim El. Okay, yeah, there must be some. Oh no. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, when this was. Uh... Yeah, all the words here are mixed around. Bam, 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 bam. Number nine. Yeah, you go to the third line. Rebeleza was masking to the truth more than them. of Kulam and the signs that he said that a certain he said that the 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 room should cave in, if I'm right, he said. And all the the, the things started caving in. Rabbi Shua got up and said, If rabbis are fighting with each other in Halacha, what do the walls have to do with this? So the Gemara says the walls stopped caving in, but they wouldn't go back up. Out of in deference to Rabbi Lezer, they wouldn't go back up. In deference to Rabbi Shua, they wouldn't cave in completely. You know, and the building is still. Uh, I learned in that yeshiva a few years ago. Yeah, yeshiva just like that. I learned, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, and v'chriyum and hashemayim kedvar Nonetheless, the other rabbis also ma'isa kaskamosim based on the way they understood. Look at the second last line of number nine. Since in their mind of the other rabbis, Rabbi Yeshua and the others, they felt that the, the oven should be tome, even though they knew that they were maskim hepech emes, they saw from all of Rabbi Lezer's spiritual right. tricks that, that they were wrong. But they couldn't understand that it was Torah. To them it was so clear that it was tome, you have to follow the way you understand. Loirot sulatar. Even though God said in truth it should be Tahar, they have to pass in the way they understand. If they would be Matar, he said, Fakert, if they would have said it's Tahar because, because the Baskal said, they would have broken Torah. Torah demands you pass in the way you understand because their mind thinks it's Tame. And then he says, The Hachra was given to Chachom of all the generations, but then he, this is the clincher. When Hashem says you follow the majority, whatever they decide, that becomes the will of Hashem. In other words, before they made the decision, the Abishter really wants it to be Tahar, like Rabbi Lezer. The other Chum say it could be, but the way God wired us, we see that it's Tame. So we have to say Tame. And once they give that Psak, says the Ran, that becomes the will of God. The Sefer Achinuch said, no, Sefer Achinuch said, even after the Psak, the emes was lost. The Ran says, no, that becomes the will of Hashem. So they say that what's the, div- the debate is, can you have this idea where the Abishta's will is, is, you know, is multifaceted, that it's wrong and right at the same time. Rabbeinu Tam's idea that you could do something which on the one hand you're supposed to do, on the other hand you get flack for it. According to that, well, that the Sefer HaChinuch works perfect, that when you follow the Rabbim, it could be they're wrong. And what's happening now is Taka a wrong psak, but for the sake of the general peace and harmony of following the majority, it's worth it at times to lose the truth. So you're following the majority because God wants. On the other hand, this particular issue, God really doesn't want this. According to the Ran, that's all before the psak is given. Once the psak is given, that's what the Abishta wants. So whatever the majority of the Chacham say, that becomes the pure will of Hashem. So, I don't disagree with so the right, 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 right. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. So where does this take us? Okay. <clears throat> playing with Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua, the whole story. From Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the stick. 
How does it, how does it come in? Rabbi Gamliel was wrong, and he was... <clears throat> he was no, but it, so when it comes to Kiddush HaChaydish, there's a special din more than anywhere else. The Torah says three times, Atem, that you should call the Yomim Tovim, and Parashas Emmer, Atem, Atem, that uh, giving the Bezdin the right to decide when Rosh Chodesh is, even if they were mistaken, even if they were forced to declare the wrong day, even if they were deliberate in declaring the wrong day, whatever the Bezdin says, that day becomes Rosh Chodesh, and the Yomim Tovim follows suit, even if they were deliberately wrong. Like it's a special din by Kiddush HaChadosh. But he got punished for doing that. So he, no, so Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Gamliel said, you got to come to me on yeah. my day. So Rabbi Gamliel got punished for that. What punishment did he get? He got booted, booted that was, out That of was because thing. of a later story. Yeah, but this that was, was the real story. This was the big thing. Dream afterwards that really you know, because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to he, tell Rabbi Yeshua. You could have said he was he proving his point. He was he proving majority rules. He was saying, I'm the boss. You don't have to be Mahadu. You don't have to go. He went overboard. Rabbi Kiva agreed with him. Rabbi Kiva agreed with Rabbi Yeshua. Said it, but he also told him he has to go to Ram Gamliel. Yeah. He also told him to go yeah. to Ram Gamliel. So, in other words, when it comes to Kiddush Hachodesh, there's much more of an idea that whatever the person says, that becomes fact. Um, but according to the no, no, but Kiddush Hachodesh, everyone agrees. Even if Bezin deliberately chose the wrong day, mm-hmm. that becomes Rosh right. and, and the Yom Tobin follows suit. It's and there is no other dimension, you know, other... It's more like the run, though, because then it becomes a reality that that's what... By Kiddush HaChodesh, everyone agrees. There's no debate there. Weiter, weiter. Okay. Now, here's the thing like this. There's something, there's a very scary sugi in halacha called doing an Aveira Lishma. And it takes us to number 11. Number 11. Said Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, G'doyla Avera Lishma, Mimitzvah Shaloy Lishma. It's better to do in number 11. 11. Elf. It's better to do an Avera Lishma than a Mitzvah not Lishma. What's it talking about? The story of Yael. Yael was a married woman. It's a big debate if at the time of the story she was Jewish or not, but she lived in Eretz Yisrael. Her wife, she was the wife of Chever Hakeni, who was an Enochal of Yisrael. Yeah. And Sisra was a general of a Goyish army who was harassing the Yidden for years. And uh, while Sisra was losing one of the wars against Devoira and Barak, he runs into the tent of Yael. Yael seduces him. And then uh, she kills him. Now, when she seduced him, she was a married woman. I thought we learned like, a little while ago that the non-Jew, it doesn't, it's not a... No, it's, it's one of the seven mitzvahs that a guy... Um, no, but a guy has to do it, but a Jew with a non-Jew, it's not the same. No, 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 but Pasha, she wasn't Jewish then. Ah, so the... the Had she been Jewish would, would be okay. a big debate between Rabbeinu Tam yeah. and his brother if when it comes to a guy... Well, what, what exactly the issue is. But go to number, oh, so number 11. Says of Nachman by Yitzchak, an Aveira Lishma is better than a Mitzvah not Lishma. What does that mean? Doing an Aveira for the Ebishter is better than someone who does a Mitzvah with not Lishma. Her Aveira was the... Better what mm-hmm. Yael did, she did an Aveira, but in order to save the Jewish people. Better doing the wrong thing for the right reasons than the right thing for the wrong reasons. 
That's what it means. Better do the wrong thing for the right reasons than the right thing for the wrong reasons. So Frektik Mada but Rav Yehuda said the name of Rav La Oilam Yasek Adam Betoiro B'Mitzvus Afilu Shaloi Lishman Shemitech Shlosh Mal Lishman. Better a person should do Torah and Mitzvus even for the wrong reasons, because from there you'll come to the right reasons. So what do you see from there? That even Shaloi Lishma is a good thing. So how could you say that Aveira Lishma is better than a Mitzvah that's not Lishma? A Mitzvah that's not Lishma is the path, pathway that everyone's path, supposed to take. That moment when you do the Mitzvah. So says the Gehold, says the Gemara, it's not better, it's equal. It's Mitzvah Shaloi Lishma. The Gemara just goes back a little. They're equal. Doing the wrong thing for the right reason is equal doing the right thing for the wrong reason. What's the Raya? It says, Tavoyrech Minashim Yoel. Yoel, you should be more benched than the women, the wife of Hever Akeni. Minashim Ba'oyel Tavoyrech. You should be benched more than the women of the tent. Man, who were the women of the tent? Sararif Kedachov Aleya. And that actually sounds like she should be benched more than them, which was the original approach of the Gemara. Rabbi Yochanan said, seven be'ilas ba'al oisei rasha. Sister was with her seven times by oisei rasha. And he quote, then the Gemara, oh, wait a second, v'hokom is hanya, but she enjoyed it. And aveiru lishma, what does it mean you do it for God where there's no personal enjoyment? But she enjoyed mi be'ila delay from the be'ila. So then you can't call it aveiru lishma if you also enjoy it. The only heter of doing the wrong thing for the right reason is if it's completely for the Ebeshte. So Rabbi Yochanan says, no, she didn't enjoy it. For a tzaddik like Yael, any interaction with the Russia is just uh, hideous. It's just miserable and horrible. How do you bring up proof in this passage? Sarif is not mitzvah Yes, it is. Rashi there says, Sarif Karach were with their husbands to have children. They wanted to have kids? Yeah, pretty scary, yeah? So mitzvah... When when the the Imais, we know Leah they wanted to have kids, right. so they're with their husbands to have kids. That the Gemara calls so that a mitzvah shaloi lishma, wow. crazy. So this is the idea called an avera lishma, and the question is, avera lishma mamish means that sometimes you is what you're doing right or wrong. It's complicated. It's not black. It's not white. It's like Rabbi Natam said. There's an avera element. But there's a mitzvah element. You've got to know what outweighs what. Now the question is, is this rule brought, you know, Lamaisa in halacha? The Ramchal, the great Ramchal, the big Kabbalist in the times of the Baal Tev, he writes about Shabzai Tzvi and Shabzai Tzvi's gang that they pulled out this Gemara of Avera Lishma and they started being matir, all types of issues. There's all different rumors exactly what they allowed, but they definitely allowed certain prohibitions under the guise of, yeah, it's an Avera, but it's for the Eibishter, and Avera Lishma is okay. And the Ramchal says that the only one that can say that is either a prophet or thousands of years ago, he says, the story of Yael, he says, you have to know the Gilgulim going on over there. The Gilgulim of Yael enabled her to do what she did, but it can never be used out of that context. It has no actual ramifications past the Gemara. That's what the Ramchal says. 
However, however, look in the Sefer or Ikrim number 10. The Sefer or Ikrim, Rabbi Yosef Elboy, in the passes away in the mid 1400s. He said the rules like this. Any action that someone does for the sake of Hashem, you get Even if in the action it appears that it's bad, but if you're doing it for the Eibishter, you go straight to heaven. And then he quotes two Gemaras. One of, one of them is a Gemara in Brochus, a, a statement of Rava, a crazy statement. You know what the Gemara says? You should know Hashem in all your ways. Says Rava, even even if you're doing an Avera. Rava says sometimes, knowing the Abish and everything you do means even while you're doing an Avera, do it for the Abishta. Do it for the Abishta or, or have, still have. Uh, it's like the, you know, it's like the Ganev when he stands, yeah. Apu Mascharta. Rachmanakarya, when he stands about to, he, he, even when you're about to steal, don't forget about the Ebishter. The problem is that sometimes we say, Faket, if someone does an Avera having in mind one day he'll be able to repent, then he'll yeah, never be able to do tshuva. Faket, no, well, I don't see why it's so different. No. If you're having in mind the Ebishter, if you're crime. having. No. Saying, but most learned though that this does, it's not referring to the Ganva Fum Maschartu. Even, ganav, but even anything. That's, that's, a, that's doing intentionally because you're going to get it. That's a whole calculation of, of, don't I have to. No, worry. no, having the Abishter in mind is way worse because if that didn't stop you from doing that very, how are you going to have real repentance and real regret? Not, if you didn't think about God, you could say later, I don't know what I was thinking. But if you're thinking about the Abishter, you did that very anyway, so how do you have true Charata later? Why did Yiftach get punished? Why did he for get punished? For the Eivishter, he went to the Czech did her. No. Did it, did it do no, that was for his own stubborn. He did it a Shema for himself. Because he couldn't break away from what he did. He made his ned. bend his, himself and go the to the The ned that he made was, uh, was, uh, was uncalculated. Yeah. Whatever comes out of my house, I'll bring his ned. And he could have gone to Pinchas and got it. What's it called? Right, right. He, said, he, he didn't have to, to make the ned l'chadchila. No one asked him to do this mitzvah. You know? Anyhow, so... Well, we just oh, so that's what the anyway. The simple reading of the Gemara is Avera Lishma. Most people connect this Gemara and look at that. The Ikrim continues. He quotes our Gemara in Nazar. Then a mitzvah, and he doesn't quote the, the emendation. The Gemara says equal. Actually, most Rishonim when they quote the Gemara, they don't quote the emendation that is equal. Who in the Gemara said that? The Bayasit it doesn't give a name. Um, Ela Ema. I think there's another Gusa that some say it was Rav that said it. There was a debate between Nachman by Yitzchok and Rav if it's greater. Because at the end of the day, the Apostle of Yael is benched more than the women of the tent. is mashma that they're greater. Anyhow, but the, so the Ikrim puts the two together. He's yeah. saying, yeah. Um, he is quoting the Gemara in Brachas, not just when you do an very think of Hashem. Look what he says two lines before. You're doing it for the Ebishter. So it's not just someone stealing and says, God help me. We're talking about someone that steals in yeah, order to, to Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. steal to be, you know, to, to, to different that's things. That's the Ikram. That's different than him. Right, right. Well, that's, you see it's from the, offer. you see how the Ikram is quoting the Gemara and Brachas. You're doing that there for the Abishta. You can't have any <clears throat> there, There's a, <clears throat> cannot sell the movie. There's a story 300 years ago. <clears throat> there was a shul in Europe where the talking was out of hand. 
but it wasn't stomp talking, screaming, psychers fighting back and forth. It was to the point that the Rabboni made a cherem, that anyone, the cherem was against screaming in shul. Yeah, people were belittling, belittling each other an entire day. No one can scream in shul on pain of being in cherem. And it was a serious cherem. Shul was quiet. One day, one of the Balabatim said a real shtech to the Rav. Quietly. You know, he didn't break the cherem. <laughs> but one of the, the, the daveners there was, one of the people there was, started screaming. How could you? He, he screamed to defend the Rav, but he broke the cherem. So the Shavus Yankov, Rabbi Yankov Raisha, was asked, I guess by this guy, what does he do now? He broke the cherem. So the Shavus Yankov says two things. Number one, when the cherem was made about people screaming, it didn't mean that you can't scream to defend the roof. That, that for sure is allowed. But then he says, even if I'm wrong, and even if you broke the cherem, <coughs> you can't break a cherem of serious things. It's not very lishma. He says it was worth it. Even if you broke the cherem, you're talking cherem, but it was worth it. It's a prohibition to put yourself in cherem, but it was worth it. And he says, Avera lishma, the mitzvah gedol min avera, avera lishma, putting together everything we're seeing over here. What? You still get punished, but it's but go for it. In the times of the Chassam Sefer, a little closer to us, there was a shul that made a plaque, and they wrote on the plaque, Zeh Hashar LaHashem Tzadikim Yavoyavoy. And Lahashem, it had Deibish's name. Maybe Aleph Talat Nunyud, whatever, it had Deibish's name. One guy, some Shugana, he took it, he took the plaque into the bathroom and nailed it into the wall. Or I don't know, in such a way they couldn't take it out. <laughs> Mamash in the stalls of the bathroom. <laughs> so the Shugana's back there. Go figure. So they sent people in, they couldn't, they couldn't take it out. It was, it was, it was wedged, they couldn't take it out. So the Chamsoifer said they should etch out the Ebishter's name. Oh. Ah, your mamish can't do that. It's worth it. It's worth it. Because the bizarre of having the Ebishter's name in the bathroom, bathroom, it's worth it. Couldn't you just get rid of the bathroom, you know? There's <laughs> <laughs> a hole in the it wasn't, bathroom. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> Let's make another hole. Just, <laughs> Put a piece of water. Get rid of the whole bathroom. Leave <laughs> 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 Anyhow, but... Uh, oh, so... Famously, the Ishbitzer, the great Ishbitzer Rebbe, 150 years ago, he got in a lot of trouble by the Misnagdim for saying this. He said that when Zimri went into the tent and was with Cosby, what was Zimri thinking? Zimri was a Nasi of Shevet Shimon, he was a Tzaddik. The Ishbitzer says like this, when a Tzaddik who has no Yetzirah, all of a sudden gets a Taiva to do something, it's coming from God. And therefore, let themselves do the Aveda, have in mind the Ebishter, it's an Avera for God. Wow. He says, Zimri so did it. Lishma. You know what the Lishma was? Because who's Cosby? Cosby's the daughter of Tzur. Tzur is Balak, king of Moyev. The spark of David Amelech that was in Moyev, in the country of Moyev, which goes back to the Shiva, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zimri wanted to get from Cosby. He was trying to suck out of her that his child should be the progenitor of, of David Amelech. He was trying to suck out the spiritual highest from Moyev. So he knew what he was doing was wrong, but he's like, why do I have a taiva for this? Apparently the Abish is pushing me here. It's not very lishma, and the lishma was to suck out the energy of Moyev. And no, the Ishbitz says that Pinchas didn't, the Pinchas didn't realize... His intentions. 
J.B. Soloveitchik says, the Ishbitzer says Pinchas didn't realize what Zimri was doing. The Ishbitzer didn't realize what Pinchas was doing. <laughs> so, the Misnag, so the, 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 the Lajner, the Nefesh Achaim, in a few places, he rips, I mean, he's before the Ishbitzer, but he rips these ideas because apparently the early Misnagdim felt the Chsidim were doing lots of Averis Lishma. For example, pushing off Davening. Davening late in the afternoon. It's, there's something negative, but it's worth it. The mitzvah is, they would quote, would quote Rabbi Natam, the mitzvah is greater than Avera. It's an Avera Lishma. And all these types of things. And Reb Chaim a few times in his Sefer, he quotes that, God forbid, it doesn't mean that. And similar to the Ramchal, he says, no one has the right to use this these days. It was said in the times of the Gemara, and that's it. It can be said by a prophet, or like Yael, who was saving the entire world, or like Esther, when she was with Achashverish, but it cannot be used um, Past then. On the other hand, you see, you see that the story of the Shavos Yankiv, the story of the Chsam Sefer, sometimes. You can't eat a horse gets its chayas from Gimel Klipas Atmeis. You can't eat it, but you can ride a horse to do a mitzvah, and you mavara something. You know, it's not so. There's a whole, there's a whole, a whole back and forth in Hatomim about that. So you can use. The Altrebbe writes in Tanya that a tray for animal gets its chayis from Gimel Klippas Atmeis, it can't be uplifted. Can't eat it, but if you ride a horse to do a mitzvah, aren't you, being, aren't you uplifting the chayis of the horse? But the chayis can't be uplifted. So how does that work? I thought that's crazy about eating it, though. No, but Altrebbe says, and he brings from Chaim Vital, that the chayis of the goof, the whole goof, Elamai, it must be Taka, there's different elements of the horse. Part of it comes from. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but. Uh, so, I, let, let me just finish off this. We had a shear a year ago, oh, by now it's more than that, by Purim, all about how. Esther was able to go into Achashverosh on that night. She went in willingly, doing Gili Arias. The first time that she went willingly. No, yeah, she only went once willingly. Otherwise, she was forced. But the one time when she went willingly, she was uh, doing Gili Arias with a guy to save Klal Yisrael. And we said how Taka, there was a well-known story 300 years ago that there were a group of people taken captive by uh, pirates and all of these Jews, their lives were in danger. A woman, a Jewish woman, married woman amongst them, realized that if she seduces the chief captain, she can save them. And she did. And the question was, A, was she allowed to do that? B, is she allowed to go back to her husband or has she become contaminated? And there were three opinions. There was the Beis Yaakov, the Shavus Yaakov, and the Noide Yehuda. The base Yankiv said what she did was good, and she, in fact, she can go back to, perhaps she can go back to her husband. She was considered forced, even though it was her idea to do it. The Shavus Yankiv says no. Since she wasn't directly forced into it, it was her idea, so then she, she's forbidden to her husband, but she was allowed to do what she did. Avera Lishma. The Noidi Buddha says, what? Avera Lishma is when you're saving all the Jews. Jews in 127 countries, like Esther, or like Yael. But Esther also was a prophetess. You don't know what God told her. In fact, Mordechai told her to do it. He was a prophet. But the Noibu says you can't, 
you know, unless you're saving in Gantz and Klal Yisrael, you can't choose. Where does he get that from? What's the difference between Klal Yisrael and Klal Yisrael? There's always... No, no, no. Because you can't do Avodah Zorah, let's say, to save yourself. Hold on, hold on, let me just... You can't do Avodah Zorah to save yourself. Could you do Avodah Zorah to save another person? No. But for Klal Yisrael, you can. It's considered as Klal Yisrael. Like by Harsinah, Ben Yifred's bomb, even one person is considered the whole. As if, but not mamish. Interesting. What's the matter? Um, not as that. I have Raya said, even murder. You never heard of the ich? You can't kill someone to save yourself. You can't kill someone to save another guy either. But you could kill someone to save Klaalisha. What's the parameter? What's the parameter? What? Ten people? A million people? How many so if there's one guy in Texas that's not going to get help from this, you can't do it anymore? Let the all... That, that's the big shot. They all have the noid view that how many people do you need? How many people do you need? We did say, uh, say to the Gemara? That what? About Veyra Lishma? Well, the, the Gemara never says you're allowed to do this Bechlau. It's all a discussion of the Paiskim. Toysva says that the Vort of Esther and Yael was Veyra Lishma. So people tiny, you see, you can do this to save people's lives. Well, maybe it's only how's like those stories to save Klaus Yisrael. All the Jews lived in Eretz Yisrael then. They were about to get killed. They were all under attack from Sisra. Every Jew's life was yeah, in this danger. Was a private cruise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let them die. Neither you, that's pretty harsh. Cruise. I'm going to be. Anyhow. You know when they say you can do anything you set your mind to? Not mamish. Okay, but I want to finish up. What happened there? What happened there? Oh, what happened? No, we know what happened. The woman did what she did and they. With the argument. The people lived on. That's what happened. What happened was the people lived on and they had. No, what happened to Neither Buda is in his argument. Did people criticize it? Did. What's happening right here? Yeah, but you don't know what the public opinion was. Are we in uh, good, um, are we in good space? Um, Did he get a lot of likes? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, people quote the Ramchal who says that that Avail uh, can never be taken out of context, can never be applied lemaisa to say according to Ramchal, even to save Klal Yisrael, you can't. Okay, so we know where the Ramchal is. No, so in other words, so there's there's room for that. Chaim Velozhin also said that there's room for that. There's a oh, so I just want to tell you three. Just to, okay. Um, one thing. Look at number thirteen. Number thirteen is a base Yosef in the laws of brachas. Ha'oichel dover If you eat something which is forbidden, b'makam sakana, in the place of danger. In other words, b'chlal. If someone eats something which is treif, do you make a bracha? A well-known debate. The Rambam says no. The Rambam says no. Stop eating treif. No. And the Ravid said, the Ravid famously says, you're eating treif, you shouldn't make a bracha. The Ravid says, if someone eats one piece of garlic, they should just eat another piece of garlic. You're doing one sin eating the treif. At least make a bracha. At least make a bracha. <laughs> and the Rambam says no bracha. However, if someone's life is, is uh, in danger, then the Rambam agrees you make a bracha. But says, but says the Beis Yosef, <laughs> If someone eats something forbidden in the time of danger, Rabbeinu Yeruchim brings from the Rameh, Rameh Halevi, Abelifia, the Rav in Toledo, in the 1200s, you don't bench on it. Even if your life's in danger. Says of Yosef Kadav, a lean nearer that the Rambam agrees that if your life's in danger, you do make a bracha. So there's three opinions. The Ravid holds always you do. 
The Rambam says only if your life's in danger. Rambam, Rambam, Rambam. Rambam, And the Rabbeinu Yeruchim brings from the Rameh, you shouldn't make a bracha even if your life's in danger. And the Shail is why. If your life's in danger, your mamash allowed to eat it. It's mamash, doesn't it become completely mutter? So, some taina, there's a whole rugged shover about this, that even if you're allowed to eat it, but to you, it's you're eating pork, you're disgusted by it. So you don't have any enjoyment. You can't make it wrong. You don't have any enjoyment. But another explanation is that when your life's in danger, the food remains tray for food. The essence of the food doesn't change. There's a lot to talk about this, but we're going to keep it. The food, the essence of the food doesn't change. It's still treif. But the mitzvah of saving your life is more important than the issue of eating the treif. The mitzvah is gedolim and aveir. But what you're doing, you should do it. But you should know you're eating treif. You can't make a bracha. That's the pshat of Rebbein Rucham according to the Rameh. That either you learn like the Dorgachov, that you're just disgusted by it, or you learn no that this item remains treif. Your life is more important, so eat it. But you should know you're eating treif. In fact, the shach famously says, if a woman, while she was pregnant, had to eat treif, even though it was dangerous, so she needed to eat the treif, she shouldn't nurse her kids. Famous shach. Because it can have a negative impact on the kid. I, the mother, was allowed to eat it. Her she life was in danger. Temporarily, until the food gets out of her system? Or? It's always in her system. Wow. wow. Really? Any other kids yeah, so the shach, okay, the probably probably won't go like this shach. But the shach says this. The shach says that even though her life was in danger, but the food remains treif and it has it a negative impact. That's only so. There's a famous rush. Only by actions we say that. But to transform the the item of food can't be transformed. Only an action. The rush says. Someone's dying on Shabbos. You have a choice. You could either shecht for them, a kosher animal, or you can give them, there's already chazer here. Right. So shechting is breaking Shabbos, it's skila. Maybe just give them the chazer. So the Rosh says that better shecht. And what's his reason? He says if you give them chazer, they're eating chazer. It's just since their life's in danger, they're justified in doing it, but they're eating chazer. But when it comes to the action of shechting on Shabbos, which is a prohibited action, if someone's life is in danger, the action becomes mutter. Yeah. An action can and be transformed, thing, right. not an item. Right. That's what the Rosh says. Anyhow, so I'll call upon him. He says, Mamed, but Barbeni Yeruchim the Ramed, I think it's a very similar idea that when you eat the treif, you're eating treif, but it's worth it. It's worth it. A similar thing is, Goy says, eat treif or I'll kill you. Are you allowed to take the bullets? The Rambam holds, no, the Rambam holds you have to eat the treif. If you take the bullet, it's suicide. Toysus, the other, the Ashkenazic Rishonim generally were more mekel. You can give up your life if you want. So everybody wants, you have a choice, you have a choice. So the question is, what's the, what's the debate? So people want to tie that the Rambam disagreed with this whole approach for Rabbeinu Tam. The Rambam as a philosopher believes the Abishta's will is it's either good or it's no good. And the, you can never have this gray level. And therefore, if the Abishta says you can eat the treif, according to the Rambam, the Rambam will hold you make a bracha. The Rambam, will, if, if, if Hashem says you're allowed to eat the treif, there's nothing wrong with eating it. Right. So how could you take the bullet? It's damn suicide. But the other Ashkenazic Rishonim, it's Tosis and Avodah will hold like Rabbeinu Tam that no, 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 no. 
and maybe Rameir Yabbeinu Yeruchim, that the food is treif. Your life supersedes. But since it's Navera happening, if you want to give up your life, it's not stam suicide, you're accomplishing something. According to the Rambam, you're accomplishing anything. According to the Rambam, it's mutter. Like, why dying is stam suicide? So you see it, Mamish fits in very well over there. The last thing, the last thing is look at number 12. And we'll finish with this. Number 12, this is a kasha that Taisus asks many places in Shas. A very simple, famous question. That we saw that you, a person should always do something shaloy lishma, because mitoich shaloy lishma, you'll come to lishma. Frek Taisus v'im toimer, the Gemara says in Brachas, if someone does a mitzvah shaloy lishma, better he was never created. Better he was never, noyach loy shaloy nivra. So Frek says, wait a second. On the one hand, we say, if you learn Torah, Shaloi Lishma, it's Pashat horrible. Better you weren't born. And uh-huh. here in number 11, Taisus in 12 is going on the Gemara in 11. Rav says, no, go do it, because that's the way you'll get to Lishma. So Taisus answers simply, it depends. V'yesh leimar, hasam mairi sha'isik b'tayra Shaloi Lishma l'kapech acherim. If someone learns just to, you know, uh, to outsmart people, to, uh, to, you know, just in order to prove somebody wrong. Exactly. Uh, but, but if someone's learning Shaloi Lishma to become as a famous scholar, you know, for, uh, to puff up their ego, that's not as bad. If someone's learning for honor or for riches, start that way and hopefully you'll graduate. But if someone's mamish learning to hurt people, Mouse. instigate machloikas, you know, they're just learning in order to Coming prove... Down. To make other feel better. Exactly. Or to, you know, to prove machlekes and everything like many people. Then, better they weren't created. That's what Taisus says. I once found a letter of the Alter Rebbe. It's in the Sefer Meir um, Sha'arim, where the Alter Rebbe argues on Taisus. And he says that he thinks there's no question in the first place. All Shaloi Lishmas are the same, he says. And Taki, if you do it, it's better you weren't created. But you should still do it, because that's the path to one day get to Lishma. While you're doing it, it's horrible. Right. But one day you'll get to Lishma. The right, so that's how the Al-Tarebbe, Al-Tarebbe says, no contradiction. When Rav says you should, when Rav says you should do it, while you're doing it, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to get patched. But one day you'll get to Lishma, and you'll fix everything up. Hold on, hold on. So then I saw, I saw one Rishon. Reb Chaim Orzurua, the Marach Orzurua. He was in the 1200s, end of the 1200s. And he, he says like this. How does the Gemara say number 11 that an, av- an Aveira for the right reasons like the Mitzvah for the wrong reason, he learns just like the Altim. He says he doesn't like Tesis. He says all Shaloi Lishmas are the same. He says when someone is learning Shaloi Lishma, it's better you weren't created. In other words... It's an Aveir, it's horrible. But it's going to get you to a good place. It's just like an Aveir Lishma. You're doing something wrong, but for the right reason. That's what the Gemara says also. You hear what the Marach was saying? If someone learns for the wrong reason, it's exactly the same as doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Because when you learn for the wrong reason, you're supposed to do it. I, what you're doing is wrong, but look where it's going to get you. It's just like every time you do an Aveira Lishma, you're doing an Aveira, but the purpose of it, where it's going to get me, the, the what, what's the expression? The, the end justifies the means. By both cases, the end, just like by every Aveira Lishma, the end justifies the means. So to when you learn Torah Shaloi Lishma, right now you're going to get clapped. 
But where it's going to take you, you still need a fast. It's going to justify the means. You still need a fast later on, but you should still do it. Right, right, right. Anyhow, so according to uh, the Ma'arach or Zerua, whenever somebody learns Shaloy Lishma, they're taking advantage of this din of Avera Lishma, because the two ah. ideas are equal. Fascinating. Okay, we'll end over here, but just... Uh,